Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Talking about chicken a la king, mango and garbanzo, tabbouleh, Real potatoes and vegetables with roasted garlic and basil, zucchini, ziti, granola, fruit bar. Look at all this beautiful food. Welcome to Green Eggs and Dan, where I interview amazing people with amazing minds, but all I care about is what is in their fridge. My guest today, hilarious comedian and writer, he's most recently written on the NBC series Grand Crew, and he's a writer on the upcoming Peacock series, Twisted Metal. Please welcome Ify Wadiway. Hello, how's it going? <laughs> it's going well. Congrats on everything. Uh, oh, you're doing it, you. you're writing it, you're making it happen. And uh, you are, the reason I like that is because you're taking your success and you're stocking it up in that fridge. <laughs> you guys can see Ify's very well-stocked fridge on my Instagram, at standupdan. We're going into it. Okay, here we go. Yes. First of all, I don't know what kind of lens you use. It looks like some sort of fisheye <laughs> lens you use. To- <laughs> yeah, that's that new iPhone feature. I was like, I was like, I'm gonna get up close and let you get the full picture by getting the 0.5 vision. So now you got a <laughs> nice good look at everything. <laughs> I'm into it. So your fridge is kind of like a like a supermodel. It's very skinny and very tall. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And you can see, you know. That that is uh, coming into play with a lot of stuff here because you know not much room for wideness. You know, no. so it's a yeah, it's all very vertical. Yeah. <laughs> like 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 the top looks like a bunch of little rockets are about to take off. Yeah, starting with you got the truff, you got the hot truff truffle oil. Yeah, no, is that that's the hot sauce? That's the truff yeah, that's hot the hot sauce. sauce. Yeah, and you know it's it's funny how. It's placed so perfectly, but I did resist all urges to like turn everything so you can see. I was like, I'm going to just let you know what you're going to see if you just opened it. And the truff is uh, in the forefront. I love it. Wait, this Uh, is an amazing fridge for, well, okay. Do you have a family? Are you in a relationship? All of the above. I have a daughter. I, 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 I have a girlfriend who lives with me and you know I'm I'm meal prepping because I'm doing like a lot of fitness stuff. So that's kind of what you see well when we get to that drawer I'll I'll point it out but that shelf back there you see it has some uh, pre-made uh, meals and then yeah. that light and fit yogurt. Great. Yeah, I was going to say this is not a single dude's fridge. And <laughs> if he tells me he's single, he's lying. There's a yeah. child somewhere. <laughs> yeah, you know, the frozen gogurt would give me away. You yes, know? that's <laughs> right. That would be very serial killer of you if you, yeah, were yeah. Sing- if you were just a single dude and you just loved your gogurts. I know, just sitting on the couch, cross legged, watching Succession, just slurping down a gogurt. <laughs> like, yeah, this is the life. <laughs> um,. Okay, then you have a alone. Uh, what is this? A mango up top? Yes, it's a mango, and oh. it's. I'm glad we captured that. <laughs> I'm actually glad because that is the. Now I see. I get the appeal. I already knew why this podcast was great, but now I, we really get to it because <laughs> you really get a lot of story from random things in a fridge, like a lone mango. Yes. Uh, so it's on the top shelf with yeah. all these condiments. Uh, yeah. Next to in between a soy sauce 
And the hot truff sauce is a mango, just like yeah, staring just, at us. Which you can tell, which we'll get into, that it is not the the organizational plan we have for this fridge. No. But yeah, my dad was staying over my place for two weeks while we went to Japan. And he was watching over it. And he's just... There's random things that he's just left that he's bought. And one of those things are a single ma- mango. And in the freezer, there's catfish nuggets that he uh, <laughs> that he has. Catfish nuggets from yes. where? It was just like one of the store brand pre-bought ones. Okay. I didn't open up the freezer to show it. But That's you okay. just know the, the freezer is a mess. That is just things stuff there we have so many dumplings and frozen yeah. meats uh as you can tell since i'm a meathead so it's just not even pretty but this you know we got a little something going on so here's a, here's where I'm, I'm getting a little confused and this is where i think maybe you did stage something maybe you're a big fat liar <laughs> because there's sodas here in the door but then on this this top shelf of the fridge we're going back we got the truff hot sauce. We got the mango, ass out mango. Yeah. We got the soy sauce. And then there's just a Sprite, a lone Sprite hanging out. Yeah. See, that that is just what, the, what you caught. You caught us midday because we don't normally drink a lot of soda. So we, I think we ordered out for some reason. And, you know, my girlfriend definitely does the thing where if you drink some of soda, you put it back in a fridge. I never do that. I just, I, there's something in my brain that feels like if you put a half soda in the fridge, it's going to absorb all the smells or something. Yeah. I just, I would rather let it get flat on a counter than to put it back in the fridge. But she is a proponent of half drunk sodas put back wow. in the fridge. Wow. And so I guess she just put it there so she would remember to drink it because there is a system that you can see where we have drinks and produce on the door shelves. Yes. And uh, we have sauces. Normally we have them in the drawer where you would do the produce drawer. And this was a TikTok thing that okay. someone <laughs> that someone pointed out because they said you should put your produce and things on the side doors because – You'll always know what sauces you'll need, and you'll always get those. So you don't need to like keep tabs on it. But you know your produce is always going bad because they're out of sight, out of mind, and you only think right. to get them when you're cooking something. So when you're constantly seeing your produce, you're able to go, "Oh, hey, let me use that. It's getting old." Whereas, like you know, as you can see, there's the truff mayo. I'm gonna get that when I get Wait, it. Wait, this Reg- is. This is kind of genius. I think we're glossing over this. So, you know, <laughs> but, but you picked this up as a TikTok trend? Yeah, yeah. It was a TikTok trend that said you should put your produce and stuff on the shelf so you can see it every time you open. And, like, wow. you know, when you want mustard, mayo, ketchup, any of those sauces, you, you, you know – to get them you know you don't need to constantly see them and when you run out of those you usually clock that in your mind it's usually the produce that we forget about and goes bad so so this is hilarious because iffy's crisper has yeah (laughs) rough mayo regular mayo like a bunch of jellies and jams and it's Mm -hmm. got like like the bouillon yes that's a good eye good eye yes that is the chicken (laughs) bouillon yes (laughs) He's got chicken bouillon all in the crisper. This, this man stews. You know Dude. about a stew. <laughs> <laughs> but they look so, they look, they're like, help, what are we doing in here? Yeah, yeah, Please. we don't belong here. <laughs> we don't belong. We are on the door. We have a good view of the whole, of the whole fridge. Why are we here? Yeah. And the, yeah, and the veggies are like, what's up, bitches? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's <laughs> like, you might want to eat me before I go bad. 
Oh my God, that is so interesting. Uh, so I have a, a couple things to unpack. First of okay. all, the soda, the half drunk soda, is your <laughs> girlfriend an immigrant? Uh, no, she's uh, half Japanese, half white, and but, Amer- uh, but born in America, born in America from the Chutes, oh. Massachusetts. That is the dirty Chutes. The, the that, is, <laughs> that is such immigrant shit. Of like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's like something my mom would do, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's definitely, that could have very well been the same person who put the mango there, but it was, in fact, my girlfriend. I'm trying to give her an out, like it's a cultural <laughs> thing. <laughs> Something cultural. You know, growing up poor, that's the, you know, I feel like that's the yes. Venn diagram of immigrant parents and yeah. people who grew up poor. It's like we we do a lot of the same thing. It's two sides of the same coin, except mm-hmm. the, Im- the immigrants are just playing like poor person cosplay mm-hmm. a little bit. Like, Oh, yeah, there's know. so many upper middle class immigrants who are doing things. And I'm like, you don't have to do that anymore. You're good. And they're like, nah. No, nah, I don't trust it. <laughs> yeah, my mom drives a Jaguar, but when she goes to New York City, she will take the public bus. I'm like, Mom, take a cab. <laughs> She's like, Take nope. a cab. Nope. Don't trust it. <laughs> I never puts, did it before. Not going to start now. <laughs> she puts three masks on and gets on the public <laughs> bus. So like, here we go. I'm ready. <laughs> Let's get into these veggies for a minute. This looks like you went to uh, H Mart or some Ooh. sort of uh, Asian market and got this. Like you got the bok choy in a, in yes. a bag here. Uh-huh. You, you don't, yeah, Trader Joe's don't do no bok choy yeah. in a bag like that. That's you like the bag it. that's been like twisted around, you know, to close the, oh, <laughs> the yeah. hand twist. No, it's you. You nailed it. That the, those are H Mart purchases. If you actually zoom in on the uh, pickled radishes, you can kind of see the H Mart sticker oh, that's yeah. hanging off. Uh, but yeah, okay. no. Um, like I said, you know, girlfriend half Japanese. You know, uh, pretty white presenting, but definitely that's when the Japanese jumps out when we step into H Mart. She's, <laughs> <laughs> she's 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 going to town. You know. Oh my god! And then this is like, is this like? Uh... What is this a melon of some sort? It's like a squash, a, I believe. Oh, it's a squash. Okay. Yeah, weird ass squash. I don't. I think that's you know she has a plan for it, but wow. I don't have any squash plans. I used to be real into spaghetti squash. Yeah, remember when everyone was like, "Oh, you could just make spaghetti with spaghetti squash," and we were all just lying to ourselves and doing it, and then we finally realized that it's way too watery. Uh, it, yeah. it waters down your pasta <laughs> sauce. It, it 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 does. It's not the same. I do still. I haven't had it in a while, but I did go through a zucchini pasta mm. phase. Oh yeah, and I even got like one of the little cranks to just like yeah crank it was out like my the own vo- the voodles or something. It was like a weird zoodles. Yeah, yeah. You want to make some zoodles? Yeah, no, those Vood- no voodles are noodles used in voodoo rituals. Very different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. See, that that I'll do. When you go down to New Orleans, you got to ask them about the voodles. The voodles. Uh, yeah. They take pasta and put it into a little doll and yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's very different. Yeah, it's pasta um, and hairs of your enemies. <laughs> I so I guess if I had to if I had to look at a at this fridge and didn't know either the ethnic, ethnicities in the house I would I would guess that there was some Asian in here I would not guess any Nigerian is there any Nigerian influence in this fridge No that you know other than the mango which that can go for any immigrant parent you oh, know yeah. that could be South Asian that could be you know but but that you know the, other than the mango all the Nigerian influence stuff is in the freezer right now because he made a big stew but you know when we make um fufu you know that's just rice flour and water so you don't need to fridge that and the only time right. is when you make these big batches 
of the soup and you throw it in there. But that is definitely regular pasta sauce over that pasta. Yeah. And, but there is frozen Nigerian food in the freezer. So, yeah, you don't you you won't get the Nigerian influence here. The only thing I could have done is if I had like a malt <laughs> somewhere in there, which this like this barley malt drink. It's very sweet, very like thick. And we were obsessed with it as kids. And it, you know, I drink it as an adult and it's oh. like all right. But, you know, I know um, a lot of like, you know, uh, like Latino cultures have it because you can get in the Mexican Mart out here. But I'm going to see what what Google says, because I'm not going to. Yeah. A malt drink is a fermented fermented drink in which a primary ingredient is the grain or seed of the barley plant, which has been allowed to sprout slightly in a traditional way called malting before it's processed. So it's like. But but that's I think any beverage, but it's a non-alcoholic drink that you that you can drink. Interesting. So it's almost like a. So does it taste like beer? But it's like a non-alcoholic. Like yeah, it has that kind not of like a yeasty flavor, flavor. But I feel like it would. If you drank it, you'd be like, "Oh, this could be a stout if you let it age a little more," because it has that same kind of very full-bodied oh, flavor, very sweet. <laughs> Malta is the one that they drink a lot of. And then there's one with like a native dude on the front that that was the one that was uh, was the big one. A Malta Goya is good. You can find that one. Uh, Vita Malt. I'm trying to see if I can find the specific one, which is not showing up. And, you know, I'm, I mean, looking at where we've been as a people, uh, they might have, you know, got rid of the, you know, native person on the cover. Uh, <laughs> they're like, you know, we shouldn't be just uh, marketing. Even in even Nigeria is going. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> see, and that's why Nigerians have stopped. <laughs> yeah, That's their thing. They don't care about the gay cans. They care about taking the natives off of the malt. Um, but also Amstel uh, in Nigeria. And that was the first time I had it. Amstel does a malt drink, too. Oh, no way. So is malt a specifically African thing? Or I guess you were saying Latinos do it, too. Yeah, Latinos. Yeah, because they malt a Goya. Goya, which is like the, you know, goat. They do a malt. And theirs pretty good. And I remember I bought it one time when I wanted to taste nostalgia. And one was enough. Goya is like Mexican Kirkland. Yes. Yes. A (laughs) hundred percent. And I remember when we found out that guy was a Trump dude and you just had all these like Latinos be like, (sighs) like, what are we going to do? But their products are so good. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. It's kind of yeah. like Chick Fil A, where it's like, I get it, but goddamn that sandwich. That sandwich. <laughs> I know. I'm glad Popeyes freed us from their chokehold. Popeyes <laughs> said, "Okay, y'all need a new chicken sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna step it up for y'all. We're gonna they do saw, it." There was a there was an opening, and they yeah. <laughs> they jumped in. <laughs> okay. Um, so. How interesting! Yeah, I've yeah. never heard of this of malt. I can't believe it, it's never come up. So you're so you're the third uh, Nigerian on the podcast. We've had yeah, Ego Wodum. We've had Godfrey. Ooh, um, they're all both Nigerians. I know. I know Echo really. I mean, Ego really well. You didn't even fucking know her name. You called her yeah, Echo. Yeah, yeah, I know. You know, because okay. I was going to mention how we're right next to each other on the UCB talent page. Oh yeah, uh, and then I think you know I thought of all the other E names in UCB and Echo just infiltrated. That's that's just that's part of the uh, Grand Crew PR process. They put chips in all the writers' brains so that we would randomly say different actors from the show, right? Uh, and that was what that was, uh, right? So, 
The thing I didn't know about uh, Nigerian cuisine and how fucking heated Nigerians get over it is this whole like jollof, jollof rice, rice, like yep. like the the it's like fucking Biggie Tupac. Between oh yeah. <laughs> What's the other country that makes it that you're like fuck their oh, jollof? Yeah. Well, rice. you know, you got these weird Ghanaians with their oh, yeah. subpar uh, jollof rice, and they always got you know they always got <laughs> thoughts and opinions and how they think that it's better, but they're wrong. And there's the only way to say it. And I feel like it is a law that every Nigerian, when the Jollof topic comes up, has to point out that they're wrong and uh, slander, specifically Ghanaian rice. But there's yeah. there's a lot of different Jollof rice that that step into the arena. But the big fight, the Marvel versus DC, is uh, you know Nigerian and Ghanaians. I remember I was uh, dating one I, person, and I, I they were like, before, "Before you get into that, I need to just specify: these are not the thoughts or beliefs of the Green Eggs and Dan crew. These are Ify's uh, opinions, and Ify's alone. If there are any Ghanaians listening, uh, I'm sure your rice is great. I have not had it yet, um, but I uh, just want don't come at me. Don't come. Hey, at, don't, I mean, don't at me. You can. You can come. You but you can come for me. I, I will <laughs> let you know you're wrong. But he, you know, Dan. You know, like they say, you know, uh, no choice is a choice of the enemy. Uh, so we know where he stands now, Nigerian. So, so just uh, just wanted to to pump that up. Send that to the Nigerians. Look, Dan made <laughs> he made his choice. So you were saying you were going on a date? I was dating someone, and they were they like were like, ah, I actually really like Ghanaian uh, rice more. And I was like, okay. And as you can see, I'm not dating that person anymore. So just know, <laughs> uh, be careful with your words when you want to step into this arena. You found a half-white, half-Japanese person who has no fucking clue what this rivalry is about. And you're like, yeah, this will work. I can mold her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Make the right choice. Yeah. Um, I definitely need to have a side-by-side uh, taste test. So here's the thing. Is it is there like a huge difference or is it like, you know, Italians get like this where they're like, no, uh, our, the pesto from this neighborhood is so much better than the pesto from three miles down. Uh, they they use uh, <laughs> highland pine nuts and we use lowland pine nuts. And it's like no one can actually tell the difference and Italians are just crazy. But is it is there like a, a humongous difference, objectively speaking? Uh, you know, I, I feel like some people, I've heard some people be like, I really can't tell the difference. But, you know, I don't trust everyone's tongue. Uh, I, I think it is just the way it's prepared. Ghanaian jollof, this is from the internet. Ghanaian jollof usually yeah, includes more lies. more spices than the Nigerian rice recipe. For example, ginger and garlic are blended into the pepper mix. Aside from curry powder, it could also be cooked with one, uh, one or more of nutmeg turkey berry anise rosemary bay leaves etc as well as mixed vegetables so you know they're they're adding extra stuff because they can't make good jollof rice <laughs> you so. didn't even know what the difference was if you read that and it was like nigerians add extra spices you'd be like yeah because we like our shit seasoned unlike those goddamn Ghanaians. <laughs> you know would that have happened if that was the way the world may never know I love that if you type Ghanaian jollof rice versus Nigerian, there are two different headlines that say the jollof rice wars. <laughs> like, like it is so, so pertinent. So crazy. I love it. I mean, look, I'm all about a good, a good food rivalry. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm here for it. You know, I want to be the Kofi Annan in this fight. I want to be neutral. Yeah. I want to be Switzerland. <laughs> yeah. 
No, that Kofi Annan did. was a deep cut for all yeah. my U- all my UN heads. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got a big uh, you know demo of like UN fans, so yeah. you know fans of fridges and the Yo, UN. Shout out to you, my UNESCO peeps. If he kind of took my job of giving the interstitial about malt beverages, but I'm just going to give it a deeper dive. Non-alcoholic malt beverages have been around for centuries, with some of the earliest versions being consumed in the Middle East and Africa. The process of making non-alcoholic malt beverages involves brewing malted grains, which creates a sweet, malty liquid that is then flavored with herbs and spices. Yeast, which turns sugar into alcohol, is not added, hence why it has no booze in it. In the late 19th and early 20th centuries, non-alcoholic malt beverages gained popularity in Europe and North America as an alternative to alcoholic beverages. They were marketed as health tonics and were believed to provide energy, aid digestion, and promote overall wellness. During Prohibition in the United States, non-alcoholic malt beverages saw a surge in popularity as an alternative to beer. However, after Prohibition ended, sales declined and many companies stopped producing them. Malt beverages exploded in popularity in the early 70s in Nigeria because they created a malt energy drink specifically for the army, which then became very popular throughout the country. All right, I'm going to get to the questions that I ask every guest, starting with what is your earliest food memory? Ooh, my earliest food memory, actually, funny enough, as someone who is a super spicy boy, I like spicy foods, but my earliest memory is tasting hot sauce as like a toddler and like it lighting my mouth up and like trying to rub my tongue off on like a napkin and like, you know, my uncle and stuff, you know, laughing. So... (laughs) Truly, that is my earliest, you know, food memory is being attacked by food. Yeah, it's shame. It's it's attack and shame. You were yeah. shamed by your family and mm-hmm. you were attacked by the food. Huh. Yeah. But you mm-hmm. still managed to have Truff Hot Sauce products on every shelf of your fridge and the crisper. <laughs> <laughs> what is your death row meal? Uh, let's think of a reason you're on death row. I mean, it seems pretty easy. A Ghanaian guy. Yeah, yeah. It's, I murdered you. a Ghanaian in a, I mean, I, a fight <laughs> about a Ghanaian, rice. And he's like a nice Ghanaian dude. He's like, yeah, man, I don't know. I'm down with your rice. I'm down with it. You're like, fuck you, pick a side. And you just like yeah. shove your rice into his face until... <laughs> yeah, and, and and I did not know he was allergic to uh, rice. <laughs> yes, you did not know. He had... That very rare rice allergy. <laughs> it's it's the it's the starches that get them. I wonder if that's a thing in like privileged like people in Japan and China, you know, are like, oh, um, that's like their version of I'm gluten free. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, I like, do not. I can, yeah, I, I, I can't. I don't allergy. eat rice. I have rice allergy. All right, you're on death row. What is your death row meal? My death row meal. Who we? I'm I'm gonna go. Because you're making me pick one, and if I'm going out strong, I'm gonna have to go out with one of my favorite curries. Is in fact Japanese curry and mm-hmm. something that I was addicted to while I was in Japan. Even though there's one out here, I've already heard from f- sources who have been to both that the Japanese one smacks harder. And I gotta say, Coco's curry. And I'm gonna get the Coco's curry with the pork katsu. I'm gonna mm. get the chicken katsu on it. And then I'm also gonna get the spicy uh, garlic and some uh, some eggs and a little bit of cheese. Going to go ahead and bump up the rice for the extra rice. And I'm going to do a spice level two. 
And that is what I'm having for my last death row meal. And then I'll have like a Ramune with it. I love people who take this question very seriously. And you just did that. So thank you. <laughs> Fucking busting out, busting out spice levels. Yo, yeah. I'm going to you all the deets. What are you going to have at the end? Ramune? What is that? Ramune is Japanese Ramune. soda. It's like, it's like, a, it's, and it's in this bottle. It's a very kind of uh, almost phallic looking bottle. But the only way you can open it is this plastic cap. You pull it out and there's like a plunger and there's a marble that's keeping it closed. And the plunger knocks the marble down into the second chamber. But it the way it's shaped, it keeps it from going into the soda. And then you drink it. Are you looking up a picture of it? Because it should... That's R A M U N E. That's not like the most Japanese shit I've ever heard. Yeah, and the biggest thing is you will a thousand percent get caught up with trying to take the marble out because the top of it is plastic, but it is a very hard plastic, and you will a thousand percent want to take the marble out without breaking the glass. That becomes a thing. I've used knives and. They put it on all the bottles. Do not try and take the marble out, but you're like, there's got to be a way. Interesting. I've never seen this before. Yeah, so it almost looks like the bottle looks a little bit like an hourglass, and in that bottleneck is where this marble lies, and I guess keeps the drink fizzy? Is it like to keep it? It's just it's just a creative way to keep it closed. So instead of having a cap, you just have right. the marble. Wow, how fun. That is very inventive. I'm surprised that your girlfriend hasn't come up with an inventive way to keep the soda from going, losing its, the half a soda. Put a marble on top. This is like such a waste of engineering. Like this guy could have built like a spaceship with this mind. (laughs) What is the best high-end meal you've ever had? Lucky for you, you got a fancy bitch on here. Yeah, let's go. Game recognized game. Yeah, and and you've had a lot of Angelinos on this podcast. Pod? Yes. Because I do have like two I can go for. So I'm going to ask, has anyone said Inaka yet? No, nobody's said okay. Inaka yet. Well, the reason I like I, I like this to say it on the pod is because if anybody wants more details on this after what I say, um, you can simply watch her Chef's Tables episode, Nikki Nakayama, on uh, Netflix. And I did not know about her Chef's Table episode. I just knew that this was a hot restaurant that people were trying to, you know, eat at. And it was like it was like buying like Jordans, getting uh a place there. And this is where, and, and please just know, I, I say this as, uh, you know, before I go into this sentence, I feel like I have to preface it. I, I grew up in Compton, uh, <laughs> went from Compton to, um, to, to Long Beach, Northside Long Beach. You heard Vince <laughs> Staples rap about it. And, you know, we did, you know, we, we, you, my parents, you know, they did what they could. And through, uh, comedy, I found TV writing to do completely insane shit like this. But I, uh, use my Amex concierge to, uh, get the, uh, reservation because if you have oh. a, for, for, for all my points, po- folks, if you have a Amex reserve card for De- Delta Sky Miles or a Platinum, you get their concierge service. And you can call them to, like, ask them to get flowers. Or if you're going to a city, they give you suggestions. It's, like, really, like, obscene uh, shit that you would never think to use. I Like, I've had access to this for years, and I never thought to use it until I saw some weird – because I was trying to get uh, seats here, and it was so hard – and someone online was like, oh, you can ask the Amex concierge. And like literally what if you ask them, they take your card and they they create a um, 
talk account and then they wait every Sunday and try and get reservations for you. Shut and, up. And so you can and they'll be so they'll call you every Sunday and then eventually they'll be like, "Hey, I'm if you I'm just asking because you know they want to ask for permission because they are using your money to do it um, because you have to put like I think it's like a $200 deposit. And so they're like, "Hey, you know, we've been doing this, but if you want, we can try for X amount of time and you know, you just got to give me permission to just you know, use your card, like basically wow. at will for this. And I was like, yeah, sure. And it took them two months. And then they finally gave me the call and it was like, hey, we got you the reservation. And so Jeez. the whole reason it's so hard is because there's probably, I want to say maybe 15 tables in this like place. There's like 15 tables, mm-hmm. maybe less than that. I would say anywhere from 10 to 15 tables. And it's an omakase, which is the Japanese like uh, flight style of their food system. Yeah, it's just like give, we're going to give you what, what, what we think you need to have. Yeah, yeah, and it and also it's the it's from a Japanese phrase which means uh, I'll leave it up to you because it's the chef who's going to keep like they've decided it. You're not going to order; you pay. <laughs> yeah, and then they will give like I think it's like a thirteen courses omakase, okay. and they give you you know all the details with each course, and you can do a wine and sake pairing, and then they give you all that extra detail. And she keeps a folder uh, of you when you get a uh, when you go there and writes down everything you ate so that you will never eat the same thing when you come back. That's crazy. So uh, and it's and then she when you you're done, she gives you this like homemade pack uh, that you have the next morning with this homemade granola bar and teas. And so you you get this little pack and you have like tea and granola the next morning. So that it continues from there. And wow. it's this whole like very intimate experience. Uh, it, it is bread. I'm going to let you know right now. And by bread, I mean money. Uh, like I think for it was me and my ex at the time. And I well, want my girlfriend at the time. Yeah. <laughs> my ex, who was my girlfriend at the time. We just um, had to hash out a couple extra details. So we went yeah. to Inaka together. Yeah, we went to Inaka. And I think it came out to about like around twelve hundred bucks. Whoa. That is the high end. See, they get you on the on the pairings too. That's yeah, where, that's you, where you, get you clocked it immediately. It's Dan, we've wine. been on the on a wavelength all damn day, and you're right. That's exactly where they got it. And then I got burned again because the second place I'm gonna say I was going to say, but I'm not gonna go into detail because that is in the pick is Cam Four, where same thing. I got the yeah. wine wine pairing with that with the with the damn sommelier, and then it came out for two people like nine hundred bucks. Uh, I was like, that they they got my ass again. But that's how they get you. Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I'm over the wine pairing. I rarely <laughs> do the wine I'm pairing done. anymore. Like, I'm, you know, because here's the thing: a, I'm getting like little pours. I like to drink. All mm-hmm. right, I like I like the sauce. Oh yeah, I'm getting these little pours. It's very white heavy. I love white wines, but like I like red wine more. I know it's not hip to say that. But it's always like there's like one or two reds at the end. And like I also have a lot of good wines at home. Um, let me preface by saying I grew up in Compton. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a lot of good red wine at home. And 
I, I bring a bottle now and pay corkage. That's the way I do it. Yeah. Because wines have been like, they like 10x the prices of wine. No, they like, realistically, they're like 4xing now. And it's like, dude, I, I like for me to have the kind of wine that I want to have, it's like a fucking $300 bottle of wine. And I don't want to pay 300 bucks, yeah. you know, for like a $75 bottle of wine. Anyway, so I'm with you. The struggle is real on the pairings. It's also harder to do, I feel, for like like a you know a japanese omakase which like they're bringing sakis that i don't fucking know what this is how expensive it is and i don't want to bring like a bottle of bordeaux for like a delicate japanese omakase anyway the struggle's real though 1200 bucks that's wow that's that's good that's you went and did it camphor was it as pleasurable yeah was it camphor it was it was nice it was it wasn't as like intimate and like you know that like that whole because i think that's what in naka sells is the intimacy yes. of it but camphor was just a delicious french restaurant it's in the arts district and you know we like i have a buddy farley elliott who i know through ucb and he's a food writer now so mm-hmm. he was like oh you should check out this place you know it's kind of new went it was great and then within the next year they had a michelin star so i was like oh i feel like i got it on the ground floor like i'm a food hipster (laughs) yeah you followed that band before they sold out (laughs) like yeah yeah you're like oh you're oh you're going it's hard to get a reservation now that they got a little uh, michelin star that's crazy uh i was there before that (laughs) the naka chef just got a james beard nomination for best chef in america so might get even yeah, you know, your Amex a little uh, make them Ooh, work overtime. Yeah, yeah. Let me go ahead and flex with him. What's the best low end meal you've ever had? You know, this it's so funny because you know, being from LA, it's the land of uh, the the tacos and the in the uh, danger dogs. And uh, honestly, I I'm gonna go ahead and say I'm gonna still hold it down for our bacon wrapped dogs at outside they always come to you at the right moment they're always five dollars if it's any more than five dollars and you're not outside the stable center i don't know jay go walk a few blocks and find that but you know with so inflation these are, for the non-la people this is a very la thing where there's like these drunk seeking like it's like an abuela who will just like post up oh yeah outside of a bar or a sporting event that's letting out and they know that you're drunk and what they do is they're cooking hot dogs that are wrapped in bacon on a sheet pan. Yeah. It's like a fucking sheet pan that you get at like a restaurant supply and, store. And when you're drunk and it'll be like a cartoon the way that smell will go to your nose and you'll you'll float up to it with your your toes twinkling and give them <laughs> however much they're asking for. Uh but yeah, you usually if you want the works it's usually the bacon wrapped dog, onions, uh you know, peppers, yeah. got a little cilantro, uh they'll do the uh ketchup mustard uh mayo and it's just when you wake up the next morning without the hangover, you know that's what did it. You know yeah. that's what saved you. I think that's the West Coast version of like the halal truck. Ooh, like yeah. In New York, you get out of the bar and you fucking smell that cumin, <laughs> that cumin and grilled yeah, chicken. You're like, gum. Ooh. <laughs> you're like, I'm gonna take a little trip to Lebanon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me do a little little gallivant. Uh, what is your favorite drunk food? Favorite drunk food, I think uh, that would just overlap into, you know, that. But I yeah. do I do love a good Taco Bell run, you know, yeah. a, a solid Taco Bell run, Mexican-inspired, not mm-hmm. Mexican food. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you, you know, it's, it's, it's truly um, 
Good stuff. That Taco Bell is the is the number one most requested uh, favorite drunk food. What about it's the next day now? Favorite yeah. hangover cure? Is it the Ennaka granola bar and tea? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, this this cure is, is so far from me now. But when I was in Koreatown, I lived on the street that had just every Sunday. It was just a strip of these like Salvadorian pop-up pupusas that mm. was just up and down, which I didn't even know how they coexist because it was literally, I'd say about like six or seven different pupusas, but people were in line for a specific one. I've been to most of them and they're all the same. I think it is just preference on who's cooking them, but that was definitely my like jam. Uh, I would just roll out of bed, sh- stumble down, get four pupusas, the sauces, and stumble back into my house and just munch it up. Correct me if I'm wrong, but a pupusa mm. is, aside from being the best name ever, yeah. is it's almost like a corn pita, and it's like a sandwichy thing. Is that what it is, or am I am I confusing it with like arepas? Uh, it's yeah, it's, it's but they're they're kind of similar, except it's more like a more like a stuffed tortilla. That's it'll be like a Got it. like it'll be a thicker kind of tortilla and inside it will be like beans cheese sometimes meat and then it's accompanied with this like slaw and uh sauce that you would put on it Mm. favorite celebrity food personality Ooh, this is good guy fieri unabashed guy fieri oh yeah unironic truly i mean I, I, you, first, I always gotta, you know, Shane Torres, gotta give him, you know, his, his flowers for being the, fir- the first person to publicly say, like, hey, you got your money behind the wrong guy. Yeah. Well, just basically being like, you know, cause, you know, I think everyone dunked on guy cause he wore the flame shirts and he had the frosted tips and it was just easy. And then Shane had to point out, like, he pointed out on in his set that he was like, he's a good guy. He like donates to a lot of charities and it's good. And then it was, Around that time that people started noticing that outside of his, like, you know, usual uniform of, like, frosted tips and flame shirts, Guy has drips. He has drip. He has, like, chains. Like, he wears chains, big watches, and all that. And then I just fully came on the Guy train. I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, he's... He, he's he's that guy. He's cool. And he's just fun. And, you know, I've been watching uh, the Tournament of Champions Food Network show. Yeah. And he's just like a fun character to watch. So, yeah, I was I've never beefed with Guy. And the reason I didn't is um, when I was working on At Midnight, we had a hashtag wars that was based off of him. Like, I think it was like Guy Fieri, a movie or something like that. And, you know, it was like, you know, kind of tongue in cheek, making fun of him a bit. And he played the hashtag wars all like like along with everyone else. Oh, no way. Yeah. And we and we did a highlight on it the next episode. But like after that, I was like, oh, he is someone who like doesn't take himself too seriously. He loves fun. He's he like appreciated the gesture of the call out. And after that. I was like, no, he's he's a cool dude. So even though I was on the train before Shane called it out, I want to call. I want to boost out Shane Torres because he did publicly call it out and get people back on guy's side. Yeah, if you have not seen his, I think it was a Conan set. Yes, it's mm-hmm. so good. It's just about how Guy Fieri is like unfairly or maligned. 
And yeah. uh, everyone was like, Anthony Bourdain's the coolest. <laughs> like, this is before he died, so it was yeah. like a little more acceptable to make fun of him. But it's a great, yeah. it's a great bit. Um, <laughs> that's a good one. Okay. I like that you treated that like a court case. Like you, you first, you set out wh- who it was. You gave out the evidence of why it was that. And then you came back and, you know, delivered your thesis sentence. Guy Fieri. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is your desert island food? So... You're trapped on a desert island. Ooh. One food you have to have for the rest of your life. You're never going to get tired of it. And and, and this, it's just the food. You won't you, like season the way you get it. You, you won't have any options to modify it. Like it is how it is. You give me whatever you're thinking, and I'll let you know if it's passable or not. Okay, because okay. I'm I'm willing to say baked chicken breast because. You know, with any sauce, you can make it work. And I say that as someone because I am on a meal plan and have had <laughs> baked chicken breast for three meals uh, three days in a row, mostly because I accidentally bought too much chicken. Yeah. Uh, I normally mix up the protein. I'll go between salmon, add some, like, pork here and there. But one time I, I get, like, a meat box delivered. Uh, Crowd Cow, shout out to them. Uh, go ahead and give Dan some money. But it's like a uh, – I got real into Crowd Cow – during um the pandemic because for some reason like first i got into making steaks like i really got i made one and i had a friend who she was a chef and she was like oh you could be doing this better and then i really got good at making steaks and then after that i was like i need to make wagyu i don't think i've had it and i don't trust the versions i've had because you know every you go to any restaurant they're like oh this is made with wagyu his and yeah. that and all this so i really like did a one of those like you know at the time i didn't know i had it uh but you know adhd hyper fixation deep dives yeah. where i really learned everything there is to know about wagyu and i was like okay how do i order this because i feel like it'll be cheaper ordering it than ordering it at a restaurant and that was kind of (laughs) true because for like a six ounce you know strip loin you're still gonna pay like 150 200 bucks but in a restaurant half of that is what you pay for that you know so you, you 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 essentially pay double in a restaurant so I went, I ordered it, went on a huge Wagyu kick, and they would always, you can get like these meat boxes where they throw in Wagyu and you get all different kinds of meat. Anyway, that's my, been my end all be all. And I was like, okay, let me order some chicken. And I ordered like a few pounds because I was like, I'm, I knew I was going to be meal prepping. Then I had the J- Japan trip, come bringing it full circle, come up. Yeah, yeah. And so I paused it. And I was like, my dad's going to be here, so I don't need this meat to come. And I pause it, and I get back. You come back from a trip. Fridge is pretty empty. You're like, okay, I'm going to go. And I bought one of those large trays of chicken. Mm-hmm. Literally the next day, the box comes in the mail with another pound of chicken. And I was like, if I don't make all this chicken now, I'm not – it's not going to – I'm one of these are going to go bad. The, yeah. the You know, the ones that I ordered from Crowd Cow are frozen, so that's cool. But then the freezer was getting backed up because I wasn't doing any meal prep. So I literally sat down all day, and I think I made uh, 20 meals of just all chicken. But the trick, if you're ever thinking of meal prepping, is season them differently. Do not use the same blanket one because that's how you will get tired of it. But you'd be surprised at how – Simply seasoning it, I'd say go to three to four different ways. 
and you you'll, you won't get tired of it because it'll taste very different and your brain doesn't have a the chance to be like i'm just eating chicken again it's like no this is a little different that was the most spirited defense of the most boring ingredients in the kitchen chicken breast that i've ever heard and uh you know I don't know. I was going to give you so much shit when you when you said that, but uh, <laughs> I kind of get it now. I will say, um, back to the Wagyu conversation, yes, 100%, if, if anyone is listening and you've never tried it, and you want to try the A5 Wagyu, it's way more sensical to make it at home than it is to have it at the restaurant, because it actually takes zero cooking skills to make. It's, yeah, so, it's so easy. Yeah, the, 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 like... The reason is because it is so fatty. You don't even need to oil your pan. You just no. need to make sure your pan's hot enough, and you just put it on for about two minutes each side. Yeah. Do the corners, it. and you're good. And slice it, and it's so good. It's. I'm going to shout out my buddy Paul Feinstein has an article about the Wagyu Olympics in Japan, which is an actual thing that happens every year where they crown a prefecture the best Wagyu, and then like suddenly their Wagyu becomes more expensive than everyone else's. It's uh, anyway. I, I highly recommend looking up the Wagyu Olympics Paul Feinstein article. Is there a food that you can't stand eating? Something that you hate? Mm. I'm gonna go ahead and say no. All right, we're up to the last question, which is my favorite question. What is or are your restaurant pet peeves? Ooh, that is a good question because there are because there are some that are really, I think, you know, who okay. All right, that's that's a good question. I if I had to pick a restaurant pet peeve, it would be, and this is very silly. And, and if you're new, this doesn't. This is a lot of lead up. I'm into this. <laughs> when you ask like a waiter for like a suggestion of, of something at the restaurant and they don't have anything, when you get the good version of it, it makes you realize the bad version of it. Because when you're like, hey, I'm thinking about this. What do you really like? And they'll say, oh, I wouldn't get that because the portions are this, that, and this. This one I really like because it has this flavor and this, that. But if you're this kind of uh, person, I would go with this. And then you have some people that that you're just like, oh, what is your favorite thing? And it's like, um, oh, well, people usually get this. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I know. I just kind of want to know, like, you know, you probably eat here the most. And they're like, I actually don't. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, okay. It's a, it's, and I've, and I feel like that's a, a perfect pet peeve because I feel like a pet peeve is a thing that, you know, you really can't control. Because I could say things like, I hate when people don't ask if I need a refill or that. And that, I think, is just poor customer service. And I do get that people are busy sometimes. So, like, it is what it is. But, you know, I feel like the pet peeve that is, like, silly and not that important is something like, yeah, I um, I, I wish you, like, had opinions about the food where you work okay there's a lot to unpack there because i have a similar pet peeve but Ooh. mine is different like i hate when i ask the server about like this what do you think about this dish and they give me their subjective opinion and you're saying you want the subjective opinion i'm saying i don't want it like if they say oh no don't get the salmon i'm like well tell me why like yes say, well give me the reason because you don't know what you might not want the salmon because you don't like fish, but you don't know how I feel about fish. So, like, ask a follow-up question, maybe compare, you know, 
Or if I say, like, here are two options. Should I get the fish or the steak? And they're like, yeah, just get the steak. I'm like, no, break it down. Tell me the pluses and minuses of the fish. Tell me the pluses and minuses of the steak. Let me decide. You're saying, no, I want to be told what to eat. Oh, no, not at all. I think we're on the same wavelength, actually. I I I like exactly what you're talking about, where, because even if they're like, I don't like it because of this, it'll let me know. Because if I like that thing, you know, like then I, I'll know based off of their opinion. Like, I don't want, like, just a answer. I want, like, an opinion on it. Oh, I really don't think that one ha- is a good portion size and, you know, an honest opinion. Because at the end of the day, you know, we're going to order food from this restaurant. So I think you don't have to lie and be like, oh, this thing you want, you know, yeah, you should definitely get it, even though I personally don't think it's a good item. Okay, I think we are saying the same thing. Yeah. Maybe a little tweak here and there, but very uh-huh. similar. That's probably my number one uh, pet peeve is that. That's a that's a good one. Yeah. I will say, I think we see eye to eye on a lot of food stuff, uh, Iffy, uh, which is, you know, this was a crapshoot. I didn't know you before this. <laughs> it's always a risk going in uh, raw dog yeah. on these podcasts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's got to be a better way to say that. But um, no, you are uh, you are a man after my own stomach. So uh, it's it's always good to meet comedians and comics who care about food, and uh, you know we use our use our money in the right places, which is twelve hundred dollar meals at Ennaka. <laughs> but yes. thanks for being on the pod. Uh, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, you can find me at Ify Whiteyway on Twitter or, in, or Instagram. I'm on both those sites, so pick your poison. And, uh, yeah, definitely watch Grand Crew on NBC uh, and uh, Twisted Metal. It's coming out on Peacock. Check that out. And, you know, uh, if you follow me on those things, I might be announcing some other cool things soon. Just stay tuned. Ooh, is dropping some breadcrumbs, yeah, baby. Yes. Uh, thank you very much, Ify. Of course. Thank you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.